So I gave. Uh, What's your totem? <laughs> I gave. It's so long in this idea. Then they spin on the yeah. end. <laughs> and if it ends up burnt side down, then we're in my mind or whatever yeah, it yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. Did it stop in the end or? <laughs> yeah. Did the longanista get eaten? Yes. <laughs> Where did it stop? Who knows? Who cares? <laughs> Welcome to the Bull and the Badger podcast. The podcast where Asian men, American <laughs> culture, and mental outing do it. Do over, do over. Flawless. Yeah, flawless victory. The podcast where Asian American culture and mental health intersect. Yay. Yay. You got it. It's, it's our last episode. It is our last episode season. of season three. Don't cry. I actually was kind of amazed when I was thinking about today. I'm like, oh my God, we're at the end now. <gasps> Did you think it would end come like this? End of... The- we already sang that before. Man, I'm repeating myself. We do need to end this Wait, season. <laughs> end of the road? We sang that when? At some point. I don't know. Maybe at the somebody, end of the second season. Somebody had suggested like... They were like... <laughs> Barrett. Oh. <laughs> Barrett confirms that. Why can't we make that a tradition? <laughs> an original. Just like we're going to make... Podlock, <laughs> an annual tradition, and by annual I mean seasonal. Okay, <laughs> let's talk about podlock and what this means. Oh, podlock, yes. But first, maybe um, a word from our sponsor, the rain gutter outside. <laughs> uh, periodically, you will hear the dripping of my rain gutter. I don't know why this has never happened. I feel like we've done podcasts in the rain. I don't think so, to be honest. <gasps> it's much moodier this way. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. I'm feeling angsty. I'm feeling like we can just talk about nothing all day. (laughs) Have Folgers moments. Wait, hold on. I can do it. (laughs) That was weak. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) You show me what a Folgers moment looks like. (laughs) (laughs) It it means bumping into the mic, (laughs) apparently. Spitting apple cider everywhere. That was a bad idea. Okay, let's okay. Uh, yeah, no Folger moments. No more. <laughs> but um, that was a <laughs> that idea crashed and burned. <laughs> but we failed quickly. So you were so confident about that one. Though. I know. <laughs> that was good. I thought I was gonna pull this off, but I was like <clears throat> closed eyes or like thoughtful Folgers moment or like full eyes staring into the coffee, like staring into the, like the eyes of someone else's soul. Oh, that's a scary Folgers moment. Yeah. That is a fully caffeinated <laughs> moment. Yeah. Your pupils are dilated. It's like rec room for a dream. Like, oh, geez. Uh, podluck. Podluck. Yes. <laughs> we're back. We're back. So what is a podluck? What, what is it indeed as I put some food in my mouth? Well, the podluck was um, an idea brought to us by the wonderful, intelligent, talented, just dynamite person barrett Cororat, who you might remember from our was that season two episode of what we talk about fitting in fitting in that's right that that was an excellent episode so he returns and and uh 
and one of his gifts was an idea for probably the best idea ever, a podluck. Ever. How do ever. you go wrong? I know. How can you go wrong? Yes, Barry, you are. You can speak now if you don't want. If you want to keep it eating, you can do that too. <laughs> I, I, well, I'm doing both. But so. I'm just gonna explain to you that we are sitting not at our normal coffee table, but at a big table Huge. with a Thanksgiving-worthy size spread. We've mm-hmm. got like so many dishes of food here there that we've each, you know, contributed. And we're just going to talk about these foods because it's just, they just seem so, they mean so much to us and they have so much, um, uh, I don't know, memories and significance and, um, heritage connected with them. So just like family, family yeah, things, family stuff. And that's how we're, that is how we are, um, saying goodbye in this third season. Man, don't make it sound so fi- final. You know, like, so long, say goodbye, say goodnight. (laughs) Yeah. Who is that? Was that Asma? I don't know. No, no, it's uh, 112. (laughs) Is it 112? Good job, Vanessa. Digging in the crates. Right? Wait, wait, no. Who's saying no diggity? (coughs) That was Black Black Street. Street. (laughs) It might have been Black Street then. I think it was Black Street, actually. But props Mm. for mentioning 112. 112, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) This is a moment where I talk about what had happened to Black, you know, B L A Q U E. Or Samantha Mumba. Okay, all right, so. Uh, she yeah. did the time machine with Guy Pierce. <gasps> you remember that? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That was the last I saw of her. And then she was never heard from again. Well, she got, she got swallowed by the, the Morlocks and. No. <laughs> no. No. I'm... The Morlocks give her back. <laughs> How am I gonna get my quality danceable Bring pop black now? Back. Oh, also black. Yes. Mm-hmm. It, I feel like maybe Destiny's Child like shanked him in an alley or something. Jeez. Because it was like it was that moment where it's black, Destiny's Child, and like one. I don't other remember group. black. What? what song was black? Oh crap! I'm gonna have to Google that. I can't. Uh... <laughs> <clears throat> So, anyway, so podluck. <laughs> podluck. The deal with podluck is that, yeah, we have food here in front of us. We each brought <laughs> different things to our podluck. I'm going to drop that phrase because that is the one pun in my life that makes sense. All other puns can die. Just burn up and die. But podluck, like podcast plus eating potluck food, n- nothing can go wrong here except okay. for you spitting apple cider everywhere. Well, let's get the show on the road. Oh, well, all right. And so you go first. We're going to do a little round robin and we're going to um, describe what we've brought here. Sorry to all the listeners who can't, who can neither see nor taste nor smell all the wonderful food that we'll just be bragging about and making gross sounds with with our mouths. But Yes, uh, apologies, um, especially to John, the mixer, who... I've listened to this probably multiple times, <laughs> so the rest of you lucked out. So, um, I do want to say that the part of the part of the awesomeness of this idea is that actually tasting the food and having it in front of us and having made it and going through the process of acquiring the food, I think, changes the aspect of remembering, like the the actual like, because it it brings up all the other memories, um, and so for me. <clears throat> Excuse me. I I made my joke, um, which we've discussed. I think even just this season, probably in previous seasons, but definitely this season, 
where it's um, the turkey joke. And what's special about the turkey joke, other than every other joke, um, is that it's usually made after Thanksgiving. This time um, we had... Usually like, your family? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, if there is a turkey carcass, there is joke to be had. <laughs> so the deal with turkey joke, I feel like, is that's a way of extending the celebration, actually. Um, and, and like, okay, so it's very Chinese to kind of like use every aspect of the meal. Like don't throw anything away, you know, like that's where we get like eating fish cheeks and, you know, like some of the crazier, um, Chinese dishes I feel like can't come from like, well, you can't throw that away. Why would you, why would you waste that? And something like bone and bone marrow, I think, um, within Chinese cooking is very important. So, you know, we, after Thanksgiving, we take the turkey carcass Mm -hmm. and usually it's like my mom, um, will just kind of throw in a big stock pot and... Do you guys stuff your turkey? No, we don't. Yeah. We, we've gotten, we've bought smoked turkey, but we also just roast like regular style. Like we don't like, um, uh... We don't do the thing where you have uh, the skin and then you put butter underneath it to uh-huh. keep it moist, uh-huh. like those different different ways of doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, we've never deep fried our turkey. It stayed pretty consistent, but um, we get the smoked turkey from like one of those barbecue places like mm-hmm. uh, Samuel. Mm-hmm. Like it's 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 really delicious. Yeah. Um, Chinese just like take American things and then make it better. <laughs> 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 I mean tastier but better <laughs> I do mean better um and 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 the thing is that I love about turkey joke too is Thanksgiving and all that is just kind of like also that like that nod to like being Ch- Chinese American because mm-hmm. in my documentary like um I don't like I don't know if you noticed, but it was definitely one of our Thanksgiving dinners uh-huh. where there's that ridiculous amount of food. And I'm talking about... That's like a normal amount of food, <laughs> though. I mean, like, Thanksgiving or no Thanksgiving. That is what, like, every gathering looks like. Okay, well, I didn't want to say that out loud, but now the cat's <laughs> out of the bag. <laughs> Thanksgiving is just, like, one and a half times, like, more on that. Right. So, so uh, I mean, the turkey that carcass that I used for this was for Easter. I like froze it and then I um Oh cool. Yeah yeah yeah. Nice. So we had Easter turkey and my mom made two cuz my family's crazy. Um <laughs> as you mentioned. Um but yeah, I what I love about turkey joke is the the idea of sharing and like like I said s- extending the celebration cuz you guys would come over the joke would be ready after after all my relatives like took their their leftovers home from Thanksgiving. It's like nine or ten, and then all my friends would like sneak into the house, kind of like ratatouille rats, and we'd all like <laughs> keep picking at the the all the leftovers. Yeah. I would just bring out all the plates. Yeah. Um. But the f- I like I recently got I don't know I don't don't I don't think it was that recent. It was back when we still had the Arcadia house. You know we um. I sat down and had my mom go through every step and then I wrote it down and now I can make the joke for myself and I'm so excited. Awesome. This is not my best iteration. It's very good, Vanessa. It's, it's good. It's, 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 it's alright. It is like, I do have to say, it is my favorite thing that you make. Thank you. Because you make it, you make so much. Yeah. It, t- it tastes like home. Yeah. And my favorite, yeah. not only that, but my favorite part also is... Um, all the fixins that you provide. Yeah. So it's like four kinds of meat, like three or four kinds of vegetables. You've got your like green onions and you've got your um, cilantro, which I 
use in abundance. Good. The bitter greens. The do you have bok choy as well or Chinese? Oh, uh, gailan. Uh huh. Okay, and then the thousand-year-old egg, which I do not participate in. Which one day, <laughs> one day, will get you to the dark egg side. Someday, when all my taste buds have died yeah. and I need something to jolt them awake. <clears throat> that would be pretty amazing. Egg. You need that gelatinous <laughs> feeling in your mouth. Slightly exactly. ammonia tasting. <laughs> That's what I love about those. Like, I think, um, I, did you ever read that Amy Tan story about uh, Thousand Year Old Eggs? I only read Amy Tan stories. I knew it. No I other like, stories. I was like, she's like, she, when she picks up, picks up a book, the next book will just be the next Amy Tan. And you're just going to buy out every single, like, bookstore's stock of Amy Tan books. And then I'll, <laughs> I'll sleep on them. <laughs> Amazing. It will be amazing. I just see stacks of books, Amy Tan books, and like you have just like a mattress on top of it. I'm making an Amy Tan book fortress and oh cry inside. <laughs> Shame. Shame. Um, what was I so, saying? Oh, oh, oh. So like part of the fixings too, I think, is from that moment of Thanksgiving because we have the green onions from the the sticky rice that my mom makes and the cilantro is from that too. So then you just make, you just cut up more for the joke and then um, like the different kinds of meat come from because there were still different kinds of meat. So it's like, it's natural for me to have the joke. Um, the one thing that's missing is um, the Chinese donut, um, uh-huh. which in my dialect is uh, Yao Tiu. Uh-huh. But it's like, like the... The deep fried cruller. Uh Cruller, yeah. But um, this time, I mean, this is a good segue uh, to Barrett because he brought pork sung, which is homemade pork sung. That's insane. I know. I honestly like. I took a picture because, because I was in um, Nine Nine Ranch yesterday, like getting all the ingredients. um, Which, by the way, my family has a secret recipe, and every family has a secret recipe, and mine tends to be like a thicker more flavorful broth Mm -hmm. so um but you can't have the secrets maybe later (laughs) i think i actually sent them to nini i don't know if she's made it yet but um, oh okay that doesn't make any sense you haven't asked for it (laughs) so secret for the people who don't ask yeah you have to ask nicely too (laughs) so hit me up on facebook what if Um, i asked in chinese I totally relate to this, though, because this is the same story. I, oh! Like, the sung, fresh from Fresno, I, I had to ask my mom for it. Oh, yeah. Um, and, you know, this is something that I've had my entire life. And, you know, whenever I was sick, you know, she would make a nice big boiling pot of rice or, or joke. I'm sorry. I'm just noticing your shirt right now. <clears throat> oh. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's a bowl I, of noodles and a mummy noodle walking... Walking away from the Walking bowl. Walking away from a noodle mummy. I, I thought it was appropriate for the occasion. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's he's here to make us um, sleepy. <laughs> but so pork song that comes in the packages is so different from homemade stuff as as we've been shown, and it's like pork song in the markets is like it takes up a whole section. Yeah. I just want to say. So tell tell us about how you got. Your mom's homemade pork song, like how you had to steal it from her. Well, I didn't steal it. I, I well, you know, backstory. I've I've been sick for like a month, mm-hmm. and so I've been basically subsisting on a nice bland diet of just like <laughs> plain rice and, and and whatever. And uh, my mom had previously sent this container full of of pork song, and so I just barreled through this in mm-hmm. like a week and a half. Mm-hmm. And so you know, 
I, I called her up and said, hey, you know, are you, are you going to make another batch sometime soon? <laughs> and I, I think it's just one of those things that, you know, I'm, you know, I'm an adult. I have, you know, a family, a, a child of my own. And so I guess not very often do I ever call home and ask for something. Yeah. And, you know, my mom was just like gushing, like, yes, I will Aww. make you some song. And so, well, you know, your mom is, is Mexican. My mom's Mexican. So how did that look? Um, when, when we were younger, my brother and I, um, when we would get sick, they would, my mom would make this song. And, and basically, it was uh, something that my dad had taught her how to make from how oh. his mom made it. So he oversaw it, or did he make it for her first? Like, I'm pretty sure he made it first. Mm. Um, but, you know, I guess it's, it's relatively simple to a certain degree in terms of the ingredients and what you have to add to it. All the work is actually, you know, the cooking it. Mm. Um, and so uh, she has throughout my life made so many batches and, and as you could tell I brought two different samples mm-hmm. one from the previous batch and one from this new batch mm-hmm. no batch is ever the same um, and so I certainly have my preferences on how she makes it and so she she has her own preferences as well but it, it's this, it's this unique melding of, of the, the two cultures that I grew up with that you know it's this very Chinese dish mm-hmm. that you know my Mexican mom makes mm-hmm. and so um, it, it I, I think she likes to be able to still provide that for me when I ask for it, because in that sense, I'm still her child and, and, and she still is able to be the parent and help me by, by taking care of me and, and making me some pork sung so I can have it with rice or whatever and feel better. So for years, I have been asking for this recipe and, and she'll always change the subject. <laughs> <laughs> She'll say maybe sometime later, <laughs> and you know this has been decades. I, I still have not received this recipe, and I've I've gone online to see how it's made, and you know again no no recipe is alike, mm. and so I I know from my experience going to the store and buying pork sung from the store, it's entirely different than what than what she makes. And the store you get it in these little containers, and it looks a bit like sort of like meat cotton candy. Yeah. They call it pork floss in yeah. some places. I'm like, that sounds worse than pork song for yeah. sure. <laughs> and um, and so my my mom, she makes hers a, a little drier, crumblier, um, and a lot zestier. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think generically store bought pork song is, it's not incredibly flavorful. Uh-huh. Um, it's more or less the texture that right. you're, you're getting out of it, um, and a mild pork flavor. It's usually really salty. Yeah. It's like, like shredded up beef jerky or something like that. That's what yeah. it reminds me of. It, it just, it, it's, it's very light and it's fibrous and it's, it, it provides some really good texture to soups. Um, but my mom's, hers is, is a little more crumblier. Um, like the two versions I bought, one is a little more fibrous. One is a lot more like, sort of like, um, like, like little pork pellets, <laughs> um, and a little drier. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's, it's very peppery. It's, it's very salty. It, it's a nice balance of flavor. So, uh-huh. you know, in my adult life, um, whenever I, I, I hoard whatever batch that she sent me, <laughs> um, I will actually use it as like a seasoning, sort of like, um, like furikake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So over rice, sometimes in soups. Um, my, my wife makes um, an amazing batch of, of lentils. Um, wow. No, that would be perfect, actually. Yeah, just and you just dip a little up. in there. And there's, so there's like this nice little like moistening um, chunk of, of, of pork sung in there. And then you just get this nice full-bodied spoonful of, of lentils and, and, and pork. That's, that sounds amazing. Wait, I want to, I just, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to weigh in, but I really like the little pellets. 
even though that makes it sound like hamster food <laughs> because i mean it's really different than what i grew up with like I, i'll sh- like i i have pork sung just hanging out in my cupboards because i was so secretly chinese but like it's 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 so it's, undercover yeah, so under- <laughs> I'm really undercover about it, guys. So much so that I had to do a podcast about it. But um, yeah, it's the it's like fibrousy and like a lot stringier. So I always had trouble. Like it was like you know pork taffy, I guess for me, <laughs> like just getting stuck in my teeth. And nobody wants to hear that, but there it is. I, I um, described it as like pork steel wool. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> everyone's like, "What is that Brillo pad stuff?" And I'm like, oh, it's, "It's pork, and I eat it. Okay, deal with it." And and but the pork pellets. What's nice about it is that like they're like little flavors of pop, which which is what ironically like pork nerds are like rock. What's it called? Rock candy? Yeah. What's the thing that? Oh, hurts? pop rocks. Pop rocks. Yeah. Pork rocks. Sorry, Culver City. For <laughs> I know the, the window so shook. We all had to take a moment because we were like, is that an earthquake? Oh, no, 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 no. That was just April shouting pork rocks. <laughs> so amazing. Yeah, and, yeah. and the only applause in the distance is the, the dripping water down. <laughs> yeah, the yeah. rain gutter. Everyone else is. Everyone, everyone take a Folgers moment. <laughs> No, I'm so glad. That's interesting that she wouldn't share it with you. And I mean, I there's a recipe in my family where um, it's the spare ribs, and only the females who have gotten married have gotten it. What? Yeah. Wait, explicitly? Yeah. Like, like, it, at like the wedding? No, like well, not maybe like after they get married or before, right before or something like that, like. They get the jar, which there's not that much marinade left. Uh-huh. Like the company that makes this marinade like is gone. So now this marinade is very precious. Wow. And then the actual recipe itself too is <laughs> a little bit, I think, guarded. So like I I get it. Like I so I mean for I, and I get also like so, sorry by I get it. I mean I get like how your mom is like you know like I, I know that feeling. Of being kind of like, wait, what about, can I just please, um, (laughs) (laughs) no, I truly want to believe that it's like some precious, like family recipe secret. Yeah. But in all honesty, I think it's literally because she just wants that moment to say, I'm still your mother. Let me take care of you. (laughs) And so if I can make it on my own, then I have no need for her. I think that's what she's thinking in her mind. I know it's funny how parents will think that because like on, on another like level, my mom, like when, when I was in San Diego and she heard that, you know, either me or my brother was going to come back f- like from college um, that weekend, she would make like this big Dutch oven, like full of like either a vegetable soup that can easily become a stew if you like thicken it. Like, and it takes hours and hours. So she'd know that that's something she can like set aside and leave and, and make for us. And it takes a lot of time. And it was her way of, you know, like, not like, you know, making us dependent on her but it was kind of like her way of like while she was working and she couldn't cook for us and she didn't see us you know like acknowledging that she was like really excited to have us back you know when your mom got so excited to make pork sung for yeah. you it was that moment where i was like oh a mother's love <laughs> all through food i'm curious though um 
Sorry, I know we got fo- focused on the pork song. Um, we'll c- quickly move on to April's <laughs> Longanisas or whatever you'd like to share about first. But I, I do have a question because um, in the Fitting In episode, you know, we talked a lot about how your mom was a force for like, like let's let's learn how to fit in, you know, and it was more of an American fit in, you know, than like, you know, being more Chinese or being more like Mexican or, you know, those specific heritages. So I'm kind of curious of how the pork song fits into her ideas of fitting in or I don't know if it really does I I really do think it comes from a very maternal place like I think like most food um and in fact you know whenever I was sick my mom would send me to school sometimes with a packed lunch and it would be like this nice bowl of of rice soup and a little sung and it, it was one of those foods that actually made you stand out like mm-hmm. you know, your 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 non-Asian friends would look over and say, "Ew, what is that?" And you describe it. Oh, it's you know, it's it's like little dried pork, and they'd be like, "Pork, <laughs> ew." <laughs> and you know, that was the one thing I think that I I truly sort of identified with. You know, mm-hmm. Chinese dish made by a Mexican mom, by the way. Um, <laughs> that like it was like you guys have no idea. This is all for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please think it's disgusting. Well, I slurp it up. Yeah, I will. I will. I will take anything you don't want. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I'll, 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 I'll f- voraciously eat through this entire pack of, of sung that my mom made me and then like take my finger and just like wipe the dust <laughs> off the bottom. Yes. Be- because that, that pork dust is amazing. <laughs> that, that's a son's love actually for his mother. That that's what it is. It's eating every last bit, right? Oh pork no, dust. I don't need this Freudian visual in my mind. Oh no, jeez! <laughs> Everybody, slap it out, slap it out. Um, what's I gonna say? Uh, before April falls asleep from all the food we've been eating, um, <laughs> what's what's something? Describe something that you brought today. So I did bring um, a pack, it of raw longanisa that I cooked. At your Actually, place. can you just hand me another one? Like just <laughs> really? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna put it straight in. Another yeah. one. And longanisa is a sweet sausage that um, is typically eaten for breakfast, along oh. with rice and um, egg, an egg, a fried egg. Nice. Um, but yeah, it's very like sweet and very charred, and there are little bits of fat inside, and um, it's just the greatest sausage known to man. And I can't remember a time when I didn't eat it. I can't remember it like. Like, you know, when you're a kid and you're a little more picky and so you won't eat certain things. I think I always ate longanisa. Um, But I think I feel like I kind of like wimped out a little bit with my contributions to the podluck today because, you know, there are there are actual dishes, dishes. I think I kind of brought things that are more like snacks, Mm. you know, or like pieces of things like I brought the Chopin pork. I brought like rice cakes and peanuts and little cookie things because like. I just can't bear to buy Filipino food that my mom hasn't made. Like, mm. it just isn't good enough. Like, it just isn't as good as... And I, I don't really want to... It just kind of depresses me looking at it. Like, <laughs> like, like when sad I, for My it. most favorite Filipino thing, and I think I've, I've mentioned this before, is um, kari kari, which is like... It looks like a curry, and it sounds like it's curry, but it's, it's a stew that's like um, peanut-based. And so it's orange. And so my sisters and I call it orange soup. We don't actually call it what it's actually called. And it's just a thick orange peanut based soup. And, you know, um, as the thickening agent is toasted rice that you grind in a mortar and pestle. Oh, my gosh. That's smart. um, My mom actually 
toasts the rice and like you know Ooh. grinds it and sometimes yeah. if there's like a boyfriend in sight he'll grind it you know and like <laughs> and it has oxtail that's the meat that's used uh, um various vegetables like green beans or i should say like long beans um what else bok choy eggplant this sounds really healthy what's and delicious the, like, yeah i'm already hungry for podluck part two <laughs> what's the thing that's that's not lettuce. It's thicker. Cabbage. Yes. Cabbage. <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to say, I just bought some last night in 99 Ranch, real cheap. <laughs> it looks like lettuce, but doesn't smell like lettuce. So then you have that, and you spoon it on rice with the oxtail. Very <laughs> A little Sorry. bit of oxtail. You know, you just get a little, little bits of meat. You mm-hmm. know, you don't get too much meat. And, you know, you and the sauce, and you spoon it on top. And then... And then you put a little bit of shrimp paste. Wait, wait. Is it the thick, dark one? Or is it the ones with, like, you can see the shrimp still? Um, I'm sure that there are different kinds. But um, it's definitely the... I mean, it's pronounced in different ways. And I'm all butcher every single way. But, like, my mom <laughs> calls it bagun. Um, it's also known as bagaung. Like, that's a general... The way that it's Bogum. pronounced, um, and they just use a little bit of it, and it's it's like you know salt. Yeah, basically. it's like a yeah, salty yeah. thing that you add, and then you uh. mix it all up, and it becomes this like mash of like orange, you know, oxtail vegetable shrimp paste. So this is where we take the break to go. <clears throat> out but I saw it, it right? you know, at the at the at the Filipino rest uh, not restaurant grocery, you know, like the cafeteria style thing, and I just right, right, couldn't right. bear myself to buy it. It's not as good as my mom's. So so I went with the Longanisa. And... I don't think you went wrong. I, no, that's for sure. <laughs> I've had five now. <laughs> I know. We did a pretty, pretty good job on we that. Made it, we, we got through half that whole dish. <laughs> I'm not ashamed. I will be later. <laughs> when we take our disco nap, <laughs> as they say. <laughs> I'm just going to use it all the time. That's a that's a nod to Barry, by the way. Yeah. Nod to my wife. Yeah. Oh, Anisha. But actually, um, you know, Bear, as you were saying, like, it's like this very maternal thing of wanting to make your child's favorite dish, you know? Mm. And I think that, um, you know, of course my mom likes to do that, especially now that we don't go as ho- we don't go home as much. She doesn't really have that opportunity. Yeah. But now we know that we have to like call in, you know, early, <laughs> and, like put, put our, put your put order, order in. in. Yeah. <laughs> Give my mom a couple of days to do the grocery shopping, do whatever prep she needs to. Balatro deli. Yeah. <laughs> so actually, um, Easter, which was you know when we were recording this, it was just a couple weeks ago, or maybe last week. Um, two. No, two weeks ago. Um, you know, I did do that. I called in early and I placed my order. And um, good for you. It was not. I did not get everything I ordered. Okay. Well. <laughs> but you know, I got like ninety percent. Which describe the dishes. Um. Morcon, which I mentioned before, which mm. is the meat that's wrapped. Uh, there's stuff wrapped inside the meat. I got that. That was amazing. Um, and then my mom always makes pancit, you know, the noodles. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and that's always, it's always nice. For, 
I always like it when my mom cooks pense and I just stand next to her and I just watch her mm. because I, I don't ever write anything down, but I feel like I'm getting the idea of it, you know, like you're absorbing when, it. Yeah. When do you put in, you know, the onions mm. and the garlic? Of course you always start with that. And then you have the chopped pork that you crisp mm. and then add all the other meats and then make the broth or like the sauce, you know, for the noodles. Mm. And then at the very end, toss the noodles in and, when you stand next to her, do you talk about it or do you just watch her? We talk about it. Mm. I mean, yeah, we talk about it. And I just kind of like, it's so funny. It's like she showed me how to do this so many times. But every time <laughs> I'm always asking her questions like, and then this and then this. And of course, nothing's ever measured. Yeah. You know, everything is always just like a little more taste it, a little more taste it, you yeah. know. And so yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think the cool thing about like the dishes that my mom makes um, is that they're really so intricate, you know, and there's so many little details that you have to get right. And like my fiance is on green bean duty and there's this very specific <laughs> way that you have to chop the green beans. It's very time consuming. Wait, it's which, very which kind difficult. of green beans may I ask? Just regular green beans. Okay. So then you julienne them really thinly, uh, super thinly. And then every single julienne piece has to be julienned again. <gasps> like it's a very long process. And the same thing goes for carrots but carrots are easier to work with that mm. way than green beans are and so <laughs> i just gonna make him do it all the time and is he good at it though he's getting it okay yeah 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 that's that's and he's just like why don't you say. just chop it like i'm like because it wouldn't be the same mm. you know like it has to the dish it, it, it is a certain way and you follow that you know that recipe and that's how you get really amazing pensa every single time pensa <sighs> That sounds awesome. So I'm not even really talking about the food that they brought, but no, but that's, this is the point, right? It's like organically, it's going to just bring up all these other things. And yeah. I'm curious for you, like <laughs> how strong is the desire for you to learn those dishes? I mean, I think it's, it, it's strong because it's something that my sisters aren't terribly interested in. Mm. And so I'm the one who likes to cook. Mm-hmm. And I am always the one who helps my mom with cooking for special occasions. So I know that the onus is on me for these things to mm. like, you know, continue. Actually, and like, I do have a, a notebook that I kind of started collecting oh, a little awesome. bit, like just mm-hmm. basic stuff like, um, like Aris Caldo, which is, you know, Filipino version of rice porridge and, um, different, but still sp- special. Right. And adobo, so. of course, and sinigang, which is sour tamarind soup. Mm. Um, but those are like super basic things that, yeah. Huh. Yeah. If you're enjoying the mouth sounds of this podcast, go ahead and check out episode 202 called The Holidays. Here's a tasty morsel. Vanessa's house is like food central. <laughs> we have had so many different kinds of meals. Like usually what happens, especially in high school and college, is like we just go to Vanessa's house and just start opening drawers and cabinets and asking what you had. And what's, what's, what's in here? <laughs> I'm like, oh, well, let me tell you what's on the menu today. should talk about after we've talked about the stuff that we've made and brought mm. um, we should talk about like the the foods that we grew up with that we don't like yeah like, i think like i think there needs to be some conflict within this yes the pod the, this particular pod because we can't just gush all the time um <laughs> but i i'm curious too like i feel like um 
in in every family there's a there's a i feel like a sibling who's um and this is not always connected but there's always like a a sibling who is supposed to take care of the parents eventually and then also supposed the successful to one. <laughs> yeah the, the one who's making the most money my <laughs> sister and and you know the one who's the, also the one who's like um supposed to carry on certain cultural traditions like right now my aunt um cooks sunday dinners for everybody and so whoever um whoever can make it to these dinners um you know there will always be a place at the table for you and it's a way for my grandma to get to see everybody every week or at least like when you can make it you know and it's it's something that my family does you know as a conscious effort to stay together and and um i don't know who of the cousins is supposed to carry this on eventually but i know you vanessa uh i don't know (laughs) It might up it might end up that like one of like my sister might host, like open up her her place and then someone else would cook. You know? I don't know I don't know how that's eventually gonna happen. But for sure, like like of the three siblings, I feel like I'm trying to make really conscious efforts to learn stuff about my right. family, to learn stuff about you know, how we do dishes and, you know, like I keep trying to get my grandma to show me things, but she's always, she's just, I just show up and there's the, the winter melon soup and there's the oxtail soup. And it's like, I, I'm pretty sure that her children know how to make it and I can learn from them, but I want to learn straight from my grandma. Yeah. And I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to trick her into <laughs> showing Google me Google how to trick grandma. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> well, as before, when you mentioned how, how some recipes, you know, they hold them back until you're, you're ready. Is there a moment in your life or, or your siblings or your cousins where there's like sort of like your test of adulthood that, that suddenly they think, okay, now you're worthy. Now, now it's... Um, <sighs> You gotta get married, Vanessa. Yeah. I guess well, that's I, yeah, how I feel like works. see, that's how I'm gonna trick my grandma. It's <laughs> <laughs> gonna have to sham marriage. Um, just this person just has to enjoy, uh, you know, Chinese food. Um, that's it. That's the qualifications. No, um, that's not a very tall list. I know, <laughs> but they that's can't, easy to find. It can't, they okay. No, they have to talk about be able to talk about food over food. But basically, um the spare ribs right but i think like with the soup part of it is like she she probably thinks i'm really busy and too busy to kind of hang out with her or something i don't know what it is but you know like i think i'd have to like go over there and go hey can we do this you know and you should go and you should bring all the stuff that you need so you just have groceries ready to go well well actually what um, when I when I was talking about this over dinner, it was like like not as many people had showed up, but like my aunts were like, oh yeah, like they were trying to com- trick my grandma as well into help, <laughs> like your poor me. grandma. <laughs> it's it's, it's siege. A, it's a it's a good kind of deception, you know. Like <laughs> she, they were like telling her go with Vanessa to the market, uh-huh. show her what she needs to buy and uh-huh. how much that she needs to buy of course it's always going to be for 10 people because we don't know how to make any dishes for people less like that's that's actually been like another thing that people know about me is like i can't make small portions like over there that pot of joke 
it will always be that size. <laughs> like if I wanted to have that recipe, I don't even know. That does not <laughs> compute. Like, you know, like it would have to be like that. We're going through like a war and there's <laughs> we have rations. That's like it, my mind went to a really dark place, obviously, which is terrible. But like, I, you know, like I just don't know how, like unless there's that kind of abundance. Anyway, um, I don't know. Is there, um, Sorry, should I, should, I, should I go into the next dish? Yeah, go. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't sure how to transition. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> joke all the time. Um, so the other thing that I made that I'm not as excited about because I kind of screwed it up. Sorry, Andy Linda. But um, it's the black bean salmon dish. And like, it's honestly one of the simplest dishes. Like, w- what I think I've liked to inherit from my, you know, like some of these recipes is the ones that like are very simple like and hard to mess up or easy no yeah they're hard to mess up but they end up doing really well like people really enjoy them they're like just crowd pleasers so i was gonna make tofu salmon salad but i just didn't have time so instead i was just made um black bean salmon which it's amazing thank you yeah even though i screwed up with the fish which i'm like i'm like all really right, all right all right i really doubt on myself because it's, you are. It's, it's like it's like so easy like it's like you a, made so much food vanessa it's <laughs> well, most of it's amazing. most of it's bought which um but that salmon recipe because you know like especially when my family was like we should eat healthier you know like well always like pretend to eat healthier and bring out the salmon and and it's it's like you know, one tablespoon of black bean sauce, you know, like two tablespoons of sugar and then like <laughs> some soy sauce and some cornstarch. And then my mom whispers whenever she mentions MSG. <laughs> She's like, and then you get the MSG. Yeah. <laughs> no, like the, the, those, that's, that's actually one thing I wanted to talk it's about like, is like MSG equals Voldemort. <laughs> the ingredient that not, shall not be named, you know, it's, there's, I feel like there's always one ingredient in Chinese cooking that you don't talk about because it's... sodium Voldemort. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. You were thinking about that. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes, I go was for it. looking at you and smiling really big. <laughs> that was your... What? Voldemort sodium... Monosodium Voldemort. MSV. MSV. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Sorry, go ahead. Not as good as Podluck, though. Okay. Uh, sugar oh, in no, the black beans. Yeah, and it's really simple. And you broil a fish, and you're done. And but it's huge, huge crowd pleaser. You throw but, some green onions on there. Yeah, green onions, and you just you can have it with rice. You can have it with, you know, a fox in a box. I don't know, whatever you want. <laughs> and 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 the thing is, like, on a train, I, on a plane. On a, on a, but um, <laughs> with a lion, with a large mane. No. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Where I was going though was like um, you were I think talking maybe about maybe we're food drunk right now. <laughs> you were really so. food drunk. <clears throat> MSV in our veins. Um, uh, there's always one ingredient in like Chinese cooking that I feel like you're not, or or maybe some Asian, <coughs> most Asian cooking that you're not supposed to talk about. Like there's a preserved turnip in there, in in the jok that kind of gives the jok a certain flavor. And mm. in some joks, there's a dried scallop or or something mm. like that. There's nothing in the salmon. The secret ingredient is salmon, Sometimes guys. also <laughs> mushrooms you put in there. Oh, yeah, the shiitake is in there. Mm-hmm. There's shiitake. I feel like I could have put more. Next time there will be more. That is something interesting about, about Chinese cooking, too, because my dad had this, this, this little corner of the cupboard where the, the weird nondescript <laughs> ingredients were. And, and, it, and I think the, the, the secret is always, in, in most recipes, something that's, like, fermented or rotten mm-hmm. or just really old. 
but it, it just adds so much flavor. Yeah, and right. if you knew what it was, you, you wouldn't eat it. But otherwise, you know, just just give me the food because it tastes amazing. It's like fish sauce. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, fish sauce. Yeah. Because and you're like, what gives it that flavor? And you're like, what is it? You know, and then you realize, oh, it's MSV <laughs> or something else that you're like, that's what I was looking for. And it's this terrible fermented rotting fish thing. But it's so good. For instance, fried rice, true fried rice has to be day-old rice. It cannot yeah. be fresh rice, yeah. you know? And I feel like if white people knew that, they would they would they still eat it? Would they still eat it? I'm sure they would. Yes, Vanessa. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I, I underestimated them. But, I mean, speaking of your dad, so, I mean, like, good, good segue, right? Uh, speaking Perfect. of burritos, because I was listening to... <laughs> Paul's episode. <laughs> Speaking of uh, that, the fact that you ate a burrito last night. No, um, <laughs> your dad. He also um, did. He grow up in Thailand. I'm, I'm kind of trying to segue into your curry. Um, he did. He's born and raised in Thailand. Um, but he's Chinese by um, birth. Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, you know, to hear the stories too. I, I guess when he was growing up, he was a really good cook. And so when he and his friends came to the U.S., they would all just basically hang out at his place. They would buy the groceries as long as he cooked everything. This so, like when they were adults? Like when, yeah, when they were like in college. Um, and so, um, you know, I, I, I talk a lot about, you know, home cooking and, and, and my grandma and my mom. And, and largely, you know, uh, some of my affinities really do lean a lot more towards, you know, Mexican food. Um, but my dad makes some amazing food. And, and I don't think that he had the opportunities as often in our household to really just like do up a whole like Chinese feast. Mm -hmm. Um, but when he did, he went all out and, and it would be a full spread. Um, and, and he, he would just really give us a lot of things that, that we had never tried before. And, you know, when my brother and I were younger, you know, we had unrefined palates. So I think a lot of things um, I really didn't appreciate until I was older. And I think curry is one of those things. Mm -hmm. um, you know, every, I think every culture has something very similar. It's, it, you know, just a stew uh -huh. with just a lot of savory flavor to it. Um, but I think curry is one of those things that's very distinctive. And, you know, wherever you go in whichever culture, if, there, if there's a curry, it's one of those dishes that it's so signature. You could taste it just by thinking of it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and I think for me, Thai curry is one of those dishes, very distinguishable mm -hmm. from say Japanese curry. Right, right. Um, and, uh, it, you know, there's just a, a really nice balance of flavor. Whereas Thai food, I think in general tends to be very powerful, strong, spicy flavors. Curry is one of those dishes that there's a real balance there. Mm -hmm. And so you can really enjoy like the chunks of chicken, the chunks of potato, mm -hmm. um, and, and whatever else you want to vary it up with. Um, but the, the, the flavor of, of the sauce and the broth itself is, is something that just sort of, it, it makes you think of home. It's one of those things that just sort of like warms your bones. Yeah. And, and, you know, when you think of home, sometimes that's the dish you think about that you right. want to go home and just like, just com comfort yourself with you know, a bowl of curry on the couch while watching Right. Game of Thrones or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it does sound like a comforting night. But I mean, curry is one of those dishes that, that I, I feel like um, I really started to appreciate as I was older and, and understood exactly what it was. And, you know, it's very basic. But at the same time, it's, it's, it's so distinctive that 
that I, I it, it does really sort of bring back memories, even though maybe it, it might not be necessarily of, of Curry itself, but right. of, of my dad and, and, and the effort he put forth into his cooking and, and, and how much he really just loved the, the act of it. Mm-hmm. Um, as he got older, he, he had a, a restaurant for a very short, short period oh, wow. of time. Oh, yeah, wow. it, it was it was a blip in our history, but um, but it was one of those things that he'd always dreamed about because he loved cooking so much. Uh-huh. Um, and I thought it was amazing that, you know, he, he endeavored to do this, you know, as, as short lived as it was. And, 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 you know, while at the time, you know, the economy in Fresno did not lend itself to having a brand new restaurant, you know, there were, there were customers that would come in and just really wow. like crave the food that yeah. my dad would make. And, yeah. and for me, that was a really good feeling because, yeah. mm-hmm. um, it sort of, you know, it definitely validated my father and it made me think twice about all the stinky food that I used to think that he cooked as a kid. <laughs> That now I think is amazing. <laughs> wow. I no, love I, curry. Yeah. There are some foods that just you crave and then will always make you feel better. I mean, Jook may be one for me. But curry, you know, I don't think about it very often because curry doesn't really hold a strong place in Chinese cooking. But there's definitely a, a specific kind of Chinese curry that my mom really likes. And it's like really weird name because it's in Cantonese it's nyao ngam I, th- I don't know if it's technically a curry either it's maybe more like a stew but like it's it's also different than Thai curry but it's closer it's closer than it is to Japanese curry I feel like I could do a documentary on curry <laughs> should definitely because like it's one of those things that like like I feel like it's like Buddhism it <laughs> Asian culture like each each Chinese or, you know, like, and I say Chinese because apparently Chinese is everything to me. Weird. Um, but, you know, each Asian culture decided to take, you know, Buddhism and adapt it, you know, like Zen Buddhism and Chinese Buddhism, which was combined a little bit with Confucianism and Taoism. And then, you know, you have a very like traditional sense of Buddhism within India. Like, so like every culture took it and like adapted it to whatever fit for them at that time, you know, but w- that restaurant, that's so, that's so crazy. Yeah. I feel like it's a revelation. Do you, do you sometimes like, is it one of those memories where you forget about it? And then when you remember it, you're like, Oh, that, that happened in our lives. You know, that was like a time when your dad was, he was like a different person then. Right. I mean, not different person. Like he, he changed and like, you know, I don't know, like... But, no, this was actually... You but know, your idea of him... This is well into my, my, my young adult life, um, after college. And, you know, my dad had, had many careers, and, and he had spent a number of years in Thailand trying to, to make a career there work before he decided to come back. And when he came back, he got into something else. And then suddenly he had this, like, just this crazed moment where he said, I need to do this. Mm. And, you know, while the rest of the family was like, are you sure? You know, he... He, he just took the reins and said, I'm, I'm going to make this happen. So, you know, he found a space, he rented it, and then he, he put together a menu in what seemed like, you know, one night. And then, wow. and then just started cooking. And, and suddenly the restaurant was born. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's, just, it's, it's, it's amazing that he did it. As, you know, as, as contentious as a time as it was for us as a family, um, there's certainly a lot of memories within that, that short frame of time because not only was it, you know, my dad's restaurant, but it was like a family business. Um, and, you know, my, my brother had just moved 
from LA back to Fresno for a short time. So he was helping out. Wow. You know, my mom was basically managing the place. So, you know, to hear the stories that they would tell about this, this, this crazy tumultuous little kitchen that they used to survive in, um, as you know, the front of the house, it seemed all peaceful. It was like my dad just like banging things and throwing <laughs> pots and, you know, hitting the bell with his spoon saying, order, order. <laughs> um, but, you know, all of that sort of revolved around, you know, this, this kitchen. And, I, you know, that does really remind me of, you know, growing up in my house where the kitchen really was a, a central focal point of the house. It was literally the center of the house. Mm-hmm. And, you know, whenever there was a family function or whenever there was just, you know, a major holiday, all activity basically revolved around the kitchen. And mm-hmm. so I, I think it's a great analogy for the lives we lead and, and, and what happens in the kitchen and how it sort of involves the family and spreads out. No, that's really, that's awesome. I mean, I mean, I'm keep, I keep meta-ing myself and going, this is why we're doing this podcast, because it brings all these conversations. Because my next question, actually, is, you know, you, you said your dad had this moment where he's like, I have to do this. And I think we've been talking a little bit about, you know, your interest in beer brewing. Beer oh my gosh, brewing? Yeah. Brewing. 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 Beer breweries. Yeah, what, I would you would you ever do you think you'd have to have a moment like that or do you think one you know what I'm saying like you see where I'm going with this like I, I kind of want to see if it's ever gonna if you ever wanted to make that a reality for yourself I certainly do but I think it's one of those things where I'm I I overthink things I, I overanalyze things so much and so I, I get to a point where I almost stop myself from doing it but you know I have I have a wife and a child now so for me something like that is a risk for me to quit my full-time job and go off and brew beer which it's always a dream in the back of my head um, but I, I, I think for me right now as I brew um, there, there's a real love and joy and I honestly a lot of that stems from a joy of cooking because I love being able to sort of use these basic ingredients that every beer is made of and then just throw some variances in there and, and, and experiment with my own ingredients. I know exactly what flavor I'm looking for as I'm formulating a recipe. And so the challenge is always trying to find the right ingredients and the right conditions to cook this, 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 this brew um, and, and make it what, what I had envisioned. And then to be able to share that with people and say, here, taste this this. This fruit of my labor. Um, and so, you know, I, I glamorize these thoughts of just, if not having, you know, a full brewery empire, but, you know, maybe just a nice like brew pub somewhere where I, you know, make my own food and, and, and brew my own beer and, right. and, and just be able to share this communal experience around food. Um, you know, going forward in my future, who knows if it'll happen? Um, I think uh, certainly I know I have to, to experiment more to learn a bit more about the craft, but... Um, there, there, there's very similar joy in, in the idea of it and, and, and passion, um, as I could see that my dad had when he just sort of dropped everything and said, mm. you know, screw this job, I'm going to go cook. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I hope it doesn't come to that point because really, like I said, there, there was a real contentious <laughs> point in our family history sure. and that was it. Um, but you know, I, I think my, my wife certainly fully supports the idea of it, mm. um, but again, I overthink it. You know, the, the, the craft brew market right now is, is such a booming thing. But at the same time, it's, it's getting to that point where, you know... Is the there big, saturation? Or? There is saturation, but the big companies are now starting to gobble up the larger microbrews. Oh. And so you sort of wonder about the longevity of it. Um, 
another thing that I guess, you know, not many people in other states would think about, but um, it is an industry that will be affected by drought conditions. Sure. So, you know, California has a booming beer market. Um, uh, and so to suffer through the past couple of years of drought that we've had, it really makes you conscious about how much water you actually waste in making beer. Wow. Um, and so it's just something long-term wise to think about in, in terms of st- sustainability and, and how I would be able to sort of afford this to get it start up, to get a startup and, and then just build it in an actual viable business where people would like what I make and, and continue to purchase it. Mm. So, well, when you do start that, when you have that crazy moment, <laughs> I want to go try some, cause actually I do remember, did, didn't you bring some beer over to, or was that for like an office thing? I feel like you had brought some of your home brew here to yeah, share I did. for the first <laughs> time that Barrett was here. And did that I was the fitting it? Yeah. It was like, ah, uh, it was like a pumpkin beer, wasn't it? Or I don't even remember what I, I brought. Remember. Did you ever make a fruity beer? Um, I did. It was, um, it, it was the one I made to commemorate my daughter called the whippersnapper. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I brewed it with elderberries. I think that might have been it. Oh, that's so so sweet. (laughs) Oh, but yeah, that, that was, that was, uh, we'll make sure to tell her that was truly an experiment because I didn't really know exactly how it was going to turn out because I had never used elderberries before, but I just, I sort of Frankensteined a recipe, um, that I had been sort of tinkering with. And then, you know, it's always in the cooking process where I might have something written down on paper or I think, I'll take a sip of it and I think, okay, it needs this and it needs that. And so I'll start throwing things in, which is really, you know, akin to like this mad professor vibe. But I think that's also something I inherit from my dad. Um, I remember just, you know, like traditions of every Christmas, my my grandma would be in the kitchen toiling over a a large pot um, of meat to make tamales. Um, and you know, she would just really muscle everyone out, like get out of the kitchen. And then my dad, <laughs> my dad would sneak in, taste the pot and like, you know, literally sneak in <laughs> ingredients and, and we'd sit at the table and, you know, we'd eat these, these delicious little dumplings of, 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 of corn masa and, 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 yeah. and, and meat and think, oh, man, these, these are the best ones you've made so far. And my dad silently grinning in the back <laughs> and he says, this is why. <laughs> He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah but yeah, yeah. There, there's a lot of that element to, to brewing beer, too. It's, it's when you're talking about, like, watching, you know, your, your, your mom cook or, or, like, talking about prepping all the vegetables. That was the stuff I hated when I was a kid. I hated having to chop. I hated mm-hmm. the prep work. And, and I don't think it was until maybe 10 years ago that I started to really understand the value of it. And I really started to get good at prepping for meals to cook. Um, and so I think the more you familiarize yourself with the ingredients, the more you're able to take that knowledge and, 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 and experiment with the food that you make. So, you know, whether I'm cooking a regular meal at home or if I'm home brewing some beer, I, I, I apply a lot of the same thought and, and experimentation with it. That's, that's part of the fun of cooking. Um, April? So the next thing I had brought, um, it's all very tangential to, you know, um, what I want to talk about, which is, so I brought like a little (laughs) container of peanuts and the peanuts are called peanuts, peanut adobo. What? I think that it's called adobo because there's garlic in it. Although that's not 
You know, adobo is one of those words that has so many meanings, like in different cultures and stuff like that. Like, but explain to me all of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, they don't like. I've had. Can I put some in my mouth? I too? had this like these peanuts. So they're shelled peanuts, and I think that they are um, uh, sautéed with garlic, mm. and then like salted. You know. So here, if you want to try some. Yes, I would. Um, <laughs> when I see it. like the kind of peanuts that my parents buy, I think that you can actually see more garlic in it. Um, but anyway, I just bought that. Um, what I really wanted to buy that I looked for in this particular Filipino grocery store that I went to um, were our salted watermelon seeds. Because I remember going, and there there are places, you know, local grocery stores. Just this one I went to didn't have it. Um, and now you're never going back. Just enormous, enormous bags of salted watermelon seeds. And... The reason that, like, I remember it so clearly, and it sort of hit me yesterday when I was thinking about it, was my second trip to the Philippines. I was 10 years old. I went with my mom, just me and my mom, mm-hmm. visiting family over there. And we just ha- always had big bags of <laughs> salted watermelon <laughs> seeds. And it's like one of those things where you're eating something, like, um, you're just eating a lot of something. And so then you kind of refine the way that you eat it, you know, like first you crack it open and then you, with your teeth, and then you do this and this and that, whatever. So I remember being 10 years old in the Philippines and kind of just, you know, tagging along with my mom and going to different places. And it's a perfect age to travel because you are kind of older and sort of sentient, you know, and kind of like <laughs> able to appreciate what's around you, but you're still a yeah, kid yeah. so that your mom is you know, you're less rebellious go here and go there and mm-hmm. you just kind of tag along and don't really have any expectations of mm-hmm. what a vacation should be, you know? <laughs> um, but so I went on that trip with my mom and I just remember like wherever we were, whether we were visiting my dad's side of the family in Manila or with my mom's side of the family in Zamboanga, like just always having these watermelon seeds, salted watermelon seeds. So like my, um, the way that I did it was like I would put it in my mouth and I suck all the salt out of it because I love <laughs> that. Like if I could do that, because it's weird to do with a peanut because it gets all gross. Oh yeah, the peanut shell, you know. It's all mushy. but like you know the hard, big black watermelon seed. <laughs> nope, keep describing. Then, it. Don't be ashamed. You, and then you put it and you, <laughs> I suck all the salt off of it, and then it, be, it softens a little bit with my saliva, and then I crack it. You know, I turn it so that it's on its side between my my molars, and I crack it. You know. And it opens up like that, and then you like take out the meat inside, and just doing that over and over and over again, like just walking throughout the Philippines and like, you know, kind of just being with my head in the clouds and observing, and like, I think that the greatest thing about being a kid and going on vacation is not really having expectations of what a vacation should be. You just kind of go and you enjoy it and sort of soak it all in, you know. Um, so. Yeah, you get so jaded now that you're older and you try to think of a trip. And at least I think about going other places. And my first question is, well, how is that really going to be different from where I am now? <laughs> like, I want an experience. Right, exactly. And you feel like you have to have a certain emotion, you know, like of adventure or whatever it is. Right. <clears throat> Otherwise, it won't be a vacation, you know. But yeah. I think for me, like... When you're when your younger expectations are lower, and so you're surprised, and, and and you can really find the joy in it. Right, exactly, and so um, anyway, that's what I remember. 
That's little a, snacks like that. That's what it reminds me of. I have two really important questions. <laughs> I always, Ask them backwards. Ask I the second one first. Damn it! Really? <laughs> no, do whatever you the want. The first one's funnier. <laughs> okay. Um, and it's hopefully quicker. But um, <coughs> were you wearing your hair in a side ponytail? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was wearing it in a ponytail in the back, and I did have bangs. Or did I? I'm trying to think back at my vacation then. I just. My picture of you with your sisters in like at the beach is always with a side ponytail. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't think I ever wore a side ponytail. Maybe I'm projecting my memories onto you. <laughs> I think so. All my side ponytail yes. moments. Yes. Okay, so the second question is, what I love about that story is like, you didn't even really assign emotions to it. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you just recollected. It's just a memory. Yeah, and it's and not, like, it's neither happy nor sad. It's like, it's just specifically like you were existing and yeah. observing. And yeah. And not only was I was observing, but I was filming it because I had my mom's camcorder, oh. which is pretty big. Like back in, you know, those times they were not you know, very like sleek and handheld, you know, yeah. like, it was a big, they're like boombox size. Exactly. And so I remember so just walking around. I was always, a bit. I had, you know, the, exactly. I had the watermelon seeds in my mouth. I had the, the video recorder on my shoulder and just kind of like walking through the Philippines that way, you know? And, and I just wish I, I'm sure my mom still has it, but I wish I could watch, you know, the video of it. And at, at one point, like I was just, you know, recording all of the bug bites that I had on my legs, you oh know, and just stuff like that. Like having quiet moments alone, but having them with my mom at the same time. You yeah. Know? In the Philippines specifically. Yeah, in the Philippines. Like I have so many strong memories from that vacation. Um, like uh, sitting outside. Because like in the Philippines, it's so hot. The outside, outside is inside, you yeah. know, like the windows mm-hmm. are all open. They're wildlife everywhere and i remember like it being dark and and really hot at night and all these uh, all our relatives sitting on the porch and then you know there being some lights on the side of the porch and then like you know geckos and um, like lizards kind of like hanging out there like because that's where all the bugs were mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and then like pulling fresh um it wasn't exactly um, lychee, but it was something like lychee. Long on, like the um, it's, they're no, it smaller. Has, has starts with an A or something like that. I mean, maybe it's the same thing, but mm-hmm. I know it by something else. Um, and like pulling them fresh from the tree and having these huge ants crawling on them and having to knock them off before you <laughs> peel them, you know. <laughs> that is amazing. Yeah. Wow, I have I have almost equal vivid memories of, really? of being a kid and being in Thailand with my dad. Um, my grandma lived in this little temple. It was almost like a little retirement community. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but it was this Buddhist temple, um, and it was shaped like a, a ship. And all, <coughs> everyone lived in these little boats on, all along the side of the larger ship. So mm-hmm. there were like these tiny little boathouses, but they were you know, concrete and built into the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was this nice little community, and it was very much the same in Thailand, you know, it's it's just humid, hot weather, and yeah. outside is inside. Little geckos running around. Uh-huh. Um, Where are these geckos coming from? They're the same they're, geckos, by the way. Or <laughs> uh, chinchoks in Thailand. Oh. Um, you know, and, and that's what you would hear in the middle of the night when you're sleeping is this little whipping noise that they make with their tail on the wall. It goes... <laughs> and, you know, my brother and I huddled in, in, in the mosquito net <laughs> trying not to get bitten. 
um, we it, it wasn't the noises that bothered us. It was the mosquitoes. Yeah. Um, but you know, I just being able to, to be that young and sort of absorbing this, this completely foreign sort of experience. Um, and I do very much tie that to a food experience because every time I saw my grandma, which was well, not very many times in my entire lifetime. Um, but, um, but every time we would see her, uh, how she would always sort of like mother us and, 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 and comfort us was we would all sit around her table and she would warm up a nice pot of jasmine tea Oh. And we would sit here and just like talk and then I would listen to her and because I didn't understand what she was saying. Oh. Um, but, you know, we would sit there and just drink tea. And as soon as, you know, the cup was empty, she like a little stealthy bandit would come and fill your, <laughs> pot, your, your cup with more hot tea. And that that little teapot that she had, that little porcelain set, um, I will always remember. It was always hot and it was always full every time I saw her. What does it look like? Um, it just looked like one of those just like old school traditional antique little porcelain tea sets with the tiny little cups. Mm-hmm. Um, and when she passed away, I, I, I had asked my dad, you know, you know, if he was going to go gather her things. And, and he had asked me, is there anything of hers that you would want? And I said, you know what? The only thing I would ever want if you could find it is that little tea set. Um, unfortunately, he couldn't find it. But, um, but that's something that holds a very strong memory for me. And every time I drink jasmine tea, I think of my grandma. That's really cool. We'll have some more. Pour yourself some more. <laughs> I think maybe we can move into the foods we don't like moment. Sure. Just, but I mean, You've like. Gotten too earnest and. No, I, maybe, or we could continue in this vein of earnestness. Well, now that you raise your eyebrows, we need to move on. The, the, the come hither eyebrows. <laughs> well, also from Thailand is one of the worst food experiences that yes. I've ever had. Speak. And that is a fruit called durian. Oh, oh boy. I, I can't believe you had to eat that. I'm sorry. Oh, my dad loved it. And in my house, my dad, growing up in Thailand, wherever, he, he always has to have fruit around. Mm-hmm. And so this was a brand new experience from my brother and I going to Thailand and experiencing a whole different kind of fruit. Um, one of them was lychee and, you know, the, the little hairy, weird yeah. little Rambutans? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it was. I think Rambutans! There you go. Yeah. And, and then one day he brought home durian and neither of us could get over the smell to even try it. It looked... Like, if, if you had no concept of the way it smelled, it looked delicious. It was this nice sort of yellow, fleshy-looking fruit. They look beautiful inside. Have you had it, Vanessa? I've had durian candy. I feel like durian must be, like, so good if it has to be protected so much. You know what I mean? By, like, the spikes and everything. Yeah. My dad would eat it just, like, like and look at us like, you have no idea what you're missing. <laughs> I'm like, I'm okay with that. <laughs> because the smell was so pungent and disgusting, it would just make me want to retch. If the spiky part, like hitting your head, doesn't kill you, the stench will. Should yeah. that be the durian? I mean, it has so theme? many like uh, levels of defense, you know, so many <laughs> layers of defense. Like it has to be like the best tasting thing in the world. Yeah. No, it's not. You know what's amazing is mangosteen. Have you guys had mangosteen? Oh yes. No. Oh, it looks like um, a Mario Brothers fruit. Yeah. <laughs> That's like really good, accurate, or Dr. Seuss or something. Yeah, but I think it's I think it's summertime. Is it? I well, think it, I think it harvests in summertime. I had it in but, Thailand. That's the first place I had it. But we will. I'll try to get you some. And wait, you can get it in the states. Yeah, they have it at Nine Nine Ranch. 
I just Super know. expensive. It's real expensive. Van Nuys. Oh, maybe because it's not summer. I was like, Van Nuys, yeah. 99 Ranch, you let me down. It's <laughs> definitely one of those things where it's super hard to get into, but it's amazing. Like, it's it's an incredible fruit. See, I'm already diverting from the path because, like, the best fruits I've ever had just in, like, one country were Thailand, where I had, like, 15 new fruits. Like, so Rambutan, uh, Long An, and um, Mangosteen. Mangosteen is known as the king of fruits, and I think, I think durian would be king of fruits. Oh, maybe I don't, it's something like that. And then mangosteen was the queen of fruits because Durian's like it's Bowser so fruits. so yeah. It's <laughs> to kind continue of, the the Mario yeah. Do 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 durian. <laughs> Hate you. Durian, durian, durian. But like it just it just it's like in that lychee family, and it's so good. Anyway, so things. Well, what we can do? Wanna, should we go back this way? Talking about things we hate. No, you don't. We'll just continue in the order. Um, because I need time to collect my thoughts. Well, oh no, 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 because we ferret went first, and then I'm going to go next, and then you, and then we'll get. Okay, that's fine. We're going. Clockwise. It's very important that we get the order down. <laughs> <laughs> I know. If we don't, this thing will explode. Fall apart. Um. No, um. I was actually thinking about this because, like, in terms of, like, like, I was like, well, there's, if we're just going to talk about things we like every day, that's, or the whole time, it's not going to be that fun. But w- one thing that not necessarily I don't like, but I will not do as much is baking. I'm just a little bit scarred from <laughs> baking. Why? What happened? Um, when I was a kid. Maybe Are you I would, literally maybe, scarred from baking? No. Psychologically scarred. Just, just in the inside. That would be really sad, right? If I had like <laughs> baker hands, but that means all my fingertips burned off or something like that. Like, but, uh, you know, I was baking with my sister and, um, she's like, oh yeah, like turn off the oven, you know, when the cookies are done or whatever. And then, and then she walked away for a moment and then I, I did exactly that, but I didn't take the cookies out. Oh. Yeah, and I was a kid, and I was like, I didn't get it. I don't know. Like, I kept thinking in my mind, why didn't I get it? Why it's was hard. That? Like, that's the thing to learn. <laughs> I know. Don't know that right away. I know. I, I like. I'm like angry at like child Vanessa, but like seriously, child Vanessa just didn't know. She doesn't know how baking works. She doesn't understand the chemistry, the science. But you know, if you leave it in there, it's gonna keep baking because that's what it does. Oh. <laughs> the oven is still hot, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, my sister came back, and she's like, did. Did you take them out? I think it was actually brownies, which makes it worse. Burnt cookies, okay, but burn brownies? No. Not don't okay. do it. Just don't do I'll it. I want brownies now. Do you have brownies? I wish. I don't even have brownie mix. <laughs> I have nothing. Like, I have things to make brownies with except brownie mix. Mm. Like, I have eggs. I got milk. Okay. But, sorry. <laughs> we should so do you're some. not going to bake anymore? I don't bake because it's too exact. Like, it's too, like... Uh, baking science. is science yeah and cooking is jazz like it's like woo i get to make all these things and as long as you know the notes then you can improvise right you know what direction you want to uh, end up even if you don't know what direction you want to end up you still come out with something like an amazing thing or or crap but like baking if you don't know exactly what your destination is and how you're going to get there like forget about it. I mean, there's some people who who can actually like substitute out 
ingredients for this or that and like they totally get it but i remember making like brownies another time and and, <laughs> and brownies i know it's but i still love brownies i still love you brownies but like i made it like i didn't realize the nuts had gone bad oh. i didn't know i didn't know nuts could go bad guys Did you? oil and oil spoils yeah oil spoils rancid. yeah and the nuts were bad and I was like, why are these brownies terrible? <laughs> but I kept eating them because I was like... What kind of nuts? Are is... they walnuts? Yeah, they were walnuts, I think. Oh. Or pecans. I've never had... Pecans? You know, even though oil or nuts spoil, I've never had spoiled nuts. Like I don't I've know never... what happened. I have. One really? of the sickest times I ever got, I had uh... a bad pistachio. Pistachios are the worst because I have those when I have pistachio ice cream. Oh. And sometimes there are rotten ones <gasps> in there. No. Yeah. But pistachio ice cream is delicious. I know. Do you still eat pistachio yes, ice cream? Yes, I do. Okay, thank God. Just take the risk. It's worth it. Yeah. <laughs> so if you want to <coughs> help me out, audience, you know, just bake for me because I can't do it for myself. <laughs> <laughs> what about for you? Don't, um, don't forget the address. Right. <laughs> Mail all your baked goods to Missy <laughs> at at the Bull of the Badger <laughs> podcast at gmail dot com. <laughs> That's right. Email me brownies. <laughs> any 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 bad memories with food? I mean, like 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 um, your like Chinese food, bad foods that you won't eat. I mean, um, Chinese food that you won't eat. I should say. Oh, or do I have any Chinese yeah. food that I won't eat? Yeah. <sighs> do you eat yeah. chicken feet? I can, but I do not. I choose not to. Just because it's, it's too difficult. It, like, literally is. It's too much effort. But, like, I'll, I'll do, like, things that take a lot of effort. But they just, they're, the pro is that they taste really good. So, like, I think crawfish are totally worth it. Um, and that's not necessarily Chinese. But um, I associate, uh, chicken feet is not one of them. But bitter melon and stinky tofu. Mm. Like, those ones that are so Chinese. And I was, like, thinking about it. I was, like, maybe I don't like it enough because i'm not chinese enough and then i had this moment where i was like oh, i'm not chinese enough and i was like maybe i have like deep angst over because like i mean a lot of this chinese food, and then you made a documentary yeah and then i made a documentary i was angsty like it was just me staring at a bowl of sticky tofu it was like confrontation um i sat down with this bowl of stinking tofu and we talked about our feelings but you know i think i mean yes there is a sense of like I just didn't grow up with it, and so I'm not used to it. But at the same time, like, stinky tofu is kind of gross. There are a lot of Chinese people who don't who don't want to eat stinky tofu. Wait, who are these people? Can we be friends? <laughs> Have our own non-stinky tofu association? I like because there's some <laughs> things that like I grew up with that I don't even bat an eye at. You know, mm-hmm. um, seeing the duck's head on like a duck, or you know, I don't know things that like thousand-year-old egg that people like just can't they can't do. And I get like I get those, but like I can't do bitter melon or stinky tofu, and I'm not gonna have any existential angst about it because I just don't like it. I've decided. I've Good. decided to come to terms with it. Good for you. Thank you. I think nice I have something progress. that makes me less respectably Chinese than you. I do not like bamboo shoots. Oh. Is I it too earthy? Do. It's the flavor. It's the texture. I, I just don't like them. Have you only had them canned? No. <gasps> You've had them fresh? Yeah. And you still didn't like it? Yeah. Is it not for me. crunchy? No. It's, I don't know what it is. It's, it's the flavor. It's the... 
I, I can't, I can't describe it, but I know whenever I see it, I avoid it. And so a lot of dishes will have it and, and I'll either scrape it to the side or I just won't eat it. <laughs> it That's it, really difficult. Cause like they just shave it in. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard to get around. <laughs> it's like me and cucumbers. I really like bamboo. You can have I all like of Barrett's. Ramen. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I like it in uh, curry. Curry. Mm-hmm. Green what? curry. Oh, okay. I think okay, okay. the first time I had green curry with bamboo was at your house. I was eating your leftovers. Oh. <laughs> well, I'm glad we share our green curry <laughs> with bamboo shoots. Love. We. Well, what about you though? You well, there's the obvious one, the dinaguan, which is the blood port, blood stew. Oh, yum. Blood cubes. Apparently, it's very vinegary. You lost me at blood. I, <laughs> the name itself sort of lends to the idea that, no, I don't want to do that. Yeah. Well, it's all kids are told that it's called chocolate meat because <laughs> it's dark brown, you know? <laughs> All kids, and then they love it, and they eat it, and then when they learn what it is, like, you know, age eight or something like that, don't eat it anymore. (laughs) Wait, does that, does the blood cube (coughs) part freak you out, or the vinegary taste doesn't sit with you, or? It's the whole stew is a blood stew. It's not just cubes of blood. Oh, I don't know if I could do with liquid blood. Yeah, that's that's what it is. It's cooked liquid blood stew. Because the cubes are kind of like just... And I think Irony that tofu. the I think that the vinegar helps keep it broken down. Oh, uh, you know. But what's funny? Um, I mean, you know, thinking about how different my life is from my parents' life. Like whenever we have um, like family gatherings and we're eating, like my parents always like to talk about you know the Philippines and their life in the Philippines and how different it was, especially when there are people who are like outsiders, you know. At, at the meal as well. And so my mom always likes to tell the story about how um, her father was, like my mom's from a very rural area in the Philippines. And um, and they also live by the sea. Oh, wow. So like on their like, um, when they're at school and they had their like recess breaks, they would often like just go into the ocean and catch fish <laughs> or like catch you know, um, see, what are those spiny things? Oh, um, urchin. Urchin, uh huh. They would do that and they would just really like, pop it open and eat and stuff like that. <gasps> that because it was so, it That's was so, awesome. um, the beach was so shallow. Like you could go out oh. very far and still be only up to your knees, you know? And so then you would just like pick up stuff on there. Um, and like they're like elementary school kids going into the ocean and getting fresh fish. Um, <laughs> wait, they wouldn't, they wouldn't eat the fish raw though, right? Just, that just the urchin? Well, urchin you can eat raw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Probably not like... No. They weren't getting like sushi grade sushi. <laughs> <or anything> like <laughs> just like... Ah. <clears throat> but another thing that my mom always talks about is um, how her father um, participated in cockfighting. And so like they would... <laughs> they would like have, you know, their rooster and stuff like that, a winning rooster, and then, you know, put the razor blades on their... Um, legs and yeah. stuff like that and and then they'd go to these huge you know big arenas um to do their cockfighting and then you know whoever the cock you know the rooster that lost was dinner yeah. and so like so my grandpa would bring home like a dead rooster except they were so muscly and tough 
Ugh. you know, because they're like worked out, you know? <laughs> I mean, my, my dad was like, you know, they like, they hold the rooster in front of you and then they blow smoke into their face to get them all mad, you know? And then they like make the roosters that are about to fight each other, like, like, like get all pissed at each other, you know? And then like, ah! and so, and so my grandma had to like boil these roosters for hours to make them edible and they would eat, you know, the losing rooster. The Rocky of chicken dinner. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. You did good. Now your dinner. Yeah. So, like, and she always likes to, they always like to talk about that stuff. And it's always <laughs> fun to hear about. Like, it's fascinating, you know? Oh, yeah. Like, our lives, my life is so different from that. Like, it's totally a different world. It's like world. a master of none moment. Oh. You know? You're looking at your watch like, I want to go play the trivia games at the movie theater, so I got to go. Yeah, exactly. And they're eating their... <laughs> their their rocky chicken dinner. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the Apollo Creed of, of roosters. Um, but were they good? Or did they eat it because it was like chicken? Because like for my dad... I mean, they ate it because it's meat, you know? Like yeah. they never got to have meat. I mean... Uh, you know, in that part of their village, like, you know, seafood was abundant. They had really good sea, like fish. Yeah. So many kinds of amazing fish. But meat, you know, it's difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. How do we talk about that? I was talking about chocolate meat. Well, oh, there's also balut. Oh. Which, I mean, I still even, haven't done it. even I, if you are like, maybe my parents will not eat it. Like oh, they just really? won't. My mom told this story about how when she and her friends, I think, I think it was in the Philippines and they were kids. They, <laughs> or maybe like high school or something like that. They decided they, they would eat the bullet. And so yeah. they got one for each of them. And then they like turned off all the lights. <laughs> so they wouldn't have to see it. But then they just all freaked out and they didn't actually eat it. So there was just balut in the dark, just waiting. So for those of you like um, listening, he didn't know what that is. It's a um, how do you even? It's a fertilized egg. A fertilized egg. So you have like a little baby chicken fetus, chicken and fetus inside, mm-hmm. and the beak is forming, and the little bones yeah. and cartilage, yeah, and all that other good stuff. Yeah. It, do people actually eat that? Like. I, I guess. Why not just have either an egg or a chicken? Why have to have both in one? I don't know. You know, I mean, to trace the history of that dish would be really <laughs> interesting because where is the necessity there? We should make a right? podcast. Okay. <laughs> where we have to eat it. Documentary. But then should we turn off the light? Exactly. <laughs> okay. But... Is that going to make it worse? Because then I'm just going to get scared there's going to be a ghost. Well, you know, bust <laughs> out the 90s R&B and put it in like, like a sexy turn off the lights. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'll make love to the God! <laughs> like you want me to. <laughs> Boys to Men is such your guys' wheelhouse. <laughs> <laughs> it is, right? End of the road. We got to work on bending knee. Yeah, that's that's the only line I know from that song. Literally, I know. I don't don't know any either. Um, I, I, I just like cooking. I didn't know where we were gonna, how we're gonna, what the destination was, but I loved the journey. Are you wrapping it up? Uh, No, I don't know. 
<laughs> I could talk about food all day. I know, me too. Actually, can we talk about the rice cakes really quickly? Sure. I want, because I kind of want to put some into my mouth. Can I hand them to me, Barry? Yeah. Tell me. To be quite honest, I don't really eat these. And not that they don't taste good. They just. Is it ube? Yeah, the purple one's ube. By the way, that's taro. It's not exactly the same. It's not? It's related, but it's not the same. <gasps> Oh, mind blown. Does it make sense <coughs> as well? Ube ice cream Puto tastes way better than taro ice cream. Home. What? Ube ice cream tastes way better than taro ice cream. I, I was going to bring some, but it would have melted in the car. Ube ice cream is the best. We could have had a shake then. <laughs> Just kidding, that's gross. <laughs> do, you, do you want some? Sure. Right. I'll try. I'll have one. one. Yes, yeah, do it. Do it. Do I also it. don't like the... Um, the milk candy, the Filipino milk candy. Have you ever had that? Yeah. I don't like it. I like that. Because I don't like milk. There's um, a friend of mine gave me like a batch of, of, of Filipino candy. And there was one that so reminded me of um, communion wafers mm. from church. I don't even know what it was. <laughs> but I just wanted more of that. Communion wafers are really good. They're really delicious. Are they really? And you only get like one a week they if, if you like, go into church they weekly. They taste like ice cream cones. Oh, like waffle cones? No, not waffle cones. Other cake cones. Oh, okay. But th- there's like a springiness to it. There's this this wafery kind of texture to it. It's a Jesus factor. Yeah. <laughs> Thank it's you, Jesus. The body of Christ. Body of Christ is delicious. But it's it's not like one of those things you can just go to the store and buy. Can I get some communion wafers? <laughs> I know exactly. So when she sh- how when do you she order them? Me, Where do they come from? I don't know. There, there's got to be some I don't know church warehouse. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like the staples for churches. <laughs> um, no Costco. There you go. But I mean, when she gave me this candy, I was like, I I have to figure out what this is and where to get it because it tastes just like communion wafers. <laughs> Any foods associated? This is good. I like this. I actually like the white one better than it's the not purple too sweet. one. How does it taste different? I don't know. I think this one this one was actually a little more tart. Tart? Mm-hmm. Mm. And this one was just like mellow sweet. Mellow sweet. Sorry. I should say that into the mic. Mellow sweet. That's another song by Boys and Men off their unreleased <laughs> tenth album. That's your new radio name. Mellow Sweet. <laughs> DJ Mellow Sweet. That's really good. Yes. Done and done. It only took three seasons. Yeah, right. Nailed Actually, it. if if we're gonna be truthful about it, it took my whole life. <laughs> it took my whole life to figure this out. <laughs> DJ Mellow Sweet. <laughs> All thanks to Podluck. Right. So many things have come from Podluck. One, a lot of uh, food coma. Yeah. Two, a lot of wonderful stories that were full of angst and earnestness. Yeah. I had nothing earnest to say this one time. This is like my... Really? I, I checked out earnestly. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. <laughs> because you're so happy with the food. I think, I think I'm just... Yeah. This is my happy place. We're done. This is great, though. We should, like, do this again. You know what's going to happen, though, is it's going to be like, well, we'll do it just, like, once, and then we'll want to do it, like, maybe you should do, like, a mid-season podluck, and then it's just going to be, like, every... podcast has to be a potluck it kind of is you provide a lot of food (laughs) you also bring me coffee and things fruit fruit if i ask fruit please should we look back or wrap up the third season with any concluding thoughts 
I don't have any thoughts, to be honest. For once, I don't have thoughts about this. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not like, especially thoughtful. I mean, it's been a good season. It's been a great season. Why don't you... <clears throat> it's been a fantastic you? evolution. I, I, I really... Have Ooh, enjoyed. Tell, us, tell us about ourselves. Thanks. <laughs> Go ahead, Barrett. I'm listening. No, I think you, you've really sort of. I mean, I think the relationship between the two of you on on mic is is probably the heart of it. It's the most engaging thing. But you've managed to to accumulate such a good number of topics and an amazing set of guests um, that it, it really does pop almost every single episode this season. I've I've really been thoroughly engaged in. Um, <laughs> as I'm listening, folding my laundry oh. while my daughter dances to the theme music. Oh, did she tell you that? No. And every time I, I, I play to it, say that. she hears the, the music and she's like this big smile comes on her face. And so she just starts dancing. That is the cutest thing in the world. And so I have to rewind that five seconds of music. <laughs> like, I was going to ask you, do you have that on a CD somewhere? I can just play it in the house. <laughs> For you, Barrett, we will give it to you. For but, Avery, actually. <laughs> but it's the cutest thing ever because, like, just she, she gets that open mouth, sort of wide smile, like, <laughs> and looks up and starts dancing. Oh, but I, I really loved the mom episode a lot. Um, oh, with Atsuko, yeah. Yeah, and then I forget his name. You had him in Ken? for yeah. For Ken Dad? was amazing. He 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 tells such. A distinctive story, and at the same time, he really does have this ability to sort of convey a lot um, about just, you know, not even his own condition, but just like speaking for the Asian American male. And I thought he was a great representative, and I, and I really <coughs> felt like a lot of connection in a lot of what he was saying. Yeah, I think he ended up covering a lot of things. Like, even though we were just talking about fathers, I mean, like, the thing that stands out to me most upon like when we had to edit that episode was um the grace leak you know season three was i think it was a really good season because i felt really prepared going in um like the front half of it like we we knocked out and had gotten a specific flow um and not that (laughs) the second half wasn't the same like i think though there was like Cause I had a list of topics that I wanted to do, you know, I had this, like this agenda, you know, and, and specifically Ken and Atsuko were part of that. And I, and, and everybody who, who we got to bring on, you know, for this past season was like less like planned, but also equally like saying mm-hmm. like, cause anybody, anytime like, or Edwin, like those were like such, uh, you know, when something's unexpectedly great, like that's, that's when it kind of hits home for me because like I, if the Ken and Atsuko podcast didn't go as well as they had, I would have been disappointed, you know? Cause I just, from my own experiences with them, they're already like, like great human beings, great to talk to and stuff like that. And they have so much to say and they're, they're funny and, and, and just so um, introspective and, they know how to express themselves, you know, um, especially around those topics. Um, but yeah, I mean like, and I don't, I don't want to like spill too much for these next guests who, who haven't even gotten to be on, you know, but, um, like Josephine and Jarrell, I feel like all those people, like you were saying, like, and I don't want to be like, (laughs) look at us with our chemistry, you know, like it's, it is really about, 
you know, bringing the conversational dynamic into a podcast form and, and having conversations with people that are, you know, um, thought provoking and help. I, I just, I just seek every day to like go beneath the surface and, and to get interrupted in my own monologue of how I think things should go, you know? And that's why I think like April and I work cause we don't, we think the same in a lot of things. Like we both like spam and longanisa, <laughs> but you know, maybe our the two you know, most important. Yeah. Things. Dynamic of our friendship. Yeah. If, if so that's took, the foundation of everything. Yeah. Right. If you spam took one away, I think like if she suddenly didn't processed like spam, meats. yeah, all kinds of processed meats. If you took that away from our friendship, I don't know. Everything would fall apart. The wheels that. would fall off. The yeah. Much should. like a processed meat. <laughs> But, you know, like our... Where would you be without MSV? <laughs> right. Nowhere. Nowhere. We'd shut this thing down. We'd shut it down. No. But, you know, like, like so who, who have... I don't want to be, like, a sad, like, mean person and not mention, like, all of our other guests. You know, like, I don't know, um, like, I knew Judy was going to be good, but I don't know, like, n- you going in, like, how it would go. Or what was another one where we were like, I don't know. Anne. Anne. Oh my gosh. I mean, and I think it's okay to talk about like the behind the scenes, but we didn't even really have like a topic, right? She just wanted us to talk about her experience with the documentary. Right. And then we didn't have, and then the, uh, I think that's obvious because <laughs> of, of how the conversation went. But Anne is just, I don't know. Anne is something else. You know, she's, she's, she's the better me. <laughs> the me she's I wish I could 2. be. 0. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and she's been through so much, so that you know she's and she's constantly making art and thinking about those things. And I think that's what produced that kind of you know ability to speak to her on just that wide variety, like even just about zines. I was like, oh, and Nini. Yeah, Nini. that was cool. That was I like. Of the, I don't know if you could tell, but we're we're very old friends, the three of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. You know, and then you kind of you're like worried, but I, based on our experience with Eric, I felt like that conversation with Nini was going to go really well. I just never doubted it. Like, yeah, you knowing, never doubted knowing them. I just never doubted that. I have so much trust in them as people. Mm-hmm. You know that like just being amazing and just bringing it. You know, I never worry about that stuff. Um, now I realize I didn't have very many thoughts that were that coherent or awesome about this season, but I've, I've just really enjoyed it because it has been so different. I think it's felt really different. Um, and I, I think part of it is like knowing more what we're doing, but also like there's still an element where we're like, what, what are we doing? What's happening? Like, how are we introducing ourselves? What's, what's, what is our topic? <laughs> well, I mean, I, I think for, for my, part like I as you can all tell most of the guests are people who Vanessa knows and people that she's kind of plugged into because she have this vast network of like creative interesting people to draw from hi Barrett and so like and I am just along for the ride and I get to meet all these cool people but even better through Vanessa because Vanessa has so much goodwill, you know, that like, it's, it's not like someone else is coming and food will. And I have to f- figure out 
who this person is, you know, I'm like, this person is a friend of Vanessa's. They've agreed to do this podcast. They're probably pretty cool. You know, like they're probably nice and to talk to. And let's like, get, get one terrible person on it. our podcast. Yeah. Someone we truly hate. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm talking. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're right. So I am, I'm just like, I'm so grateful to be a part of this thing where I, it's like, such a wonderful part of my life and getting to meet people like Barrett here and um as someone who is kind of you know quiet and introverted like I would never be able to meet this many cool people you know and <laughs> packed into like three short seasons you know like it, it is very super duper rewarding and I'll always be proud of it and I always think I'll embarrass myself with like stuff that I say, but it, it always turns out okay. <laughs> <laughs> Even if I can't think of the word cabbage. <laughs> I blame it on the 20 pieces of longanisa that I just ate. <laughs> it For me, it was 40, but, you know, who's counting? <laughs> Not me. But I think that that should do it, so... What? So We're closing up? Thank you, everybody, for being such loyal listeners. And Seriously. For those of you who have sort of tuned in this season, um, welcome. And we hope that you continue and listen back. And we hope you're, all your babies dance to the music because that is the new standard. Or your inner baby, you know, <laughs> the inner baby within you. <laughs> and if you have questions, uh, send them out. Um, I know that there was a question about sci-fi. I'm not sure how we're going to work that into Asian American things, but I think we can. We can do this. It's possible. Sure. We can, we'll figure something out. Yep. John John, John could speak to that, maybe. Sci-fi. <laughs> um, oh, not Nabori. Garcia. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, Shout out to John Garcia. Hello, yeah. John. Yeah, hello, John. You're coming. We're coming for you. <laughs> but, um, yeah, in general, it's been a great season. Thank you, Barrett, for being along for the ride. Thanks for having You're, me again. You, you help our, be our guiding light. You can be our Jiminy Cricket, if you will. I'll keep pitching ideas. Yeah. I'm so excited to do male friendships, actually. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's weird, right? Did I? That, did that I... came off the tongue a little strange. Let's, should we do over? No, no, everybody gets it. That's such a weird <laughs> thing to say. <laughs> I'm so I only, excited to I do only, male friendship. <laughs> I only say things weirdly. <laughs> like if I said things properly and I, the way I intended them all the time, like I think I'd be a lot less interesting, but maybe less crazy as well. Yes. Why would I tr- sign up for that though? See, April, I wouldn't worry about your embarrassing moments because <laughs> Vanessa has far more than you do. <laughs> Probably. Like, I've been thinking, like, we should collect stats on, like, how many times we talked about your sweaty palms and how many times I've, I've had to adjust the mics. <laughs> just, like, the, the stats would be strange and funny. Um, but, uh, yeah, thank you again for a great season three, April. Thank you. Thank you, Vanessa. Oh. Well, thank you, Barrett. Thank yeah. you. Should we... It, is that well, it? What were you going to chant? What was that thing that MSV? we were all going to say? No. Oh. We were going to chant something? Yeah, we were going to say something. I thought we were going to sing more boys to men. <laughs> no? Should we just quote from Joy Luck Club? Yes. <laughs> Do you have any quotes left? Have we already, have we already well, said the I thought the, the, the most appropriate one would be, you know, like, oh, it's not salty enough. <laughs> and then she goes, it's okay, Lindo. It just needs a little more soy sauce. <gasps> <laughs> 
<laughs> We've already done that one. But how classic is that? If you put soy sauce on a Chinese mother's dish, that's a death wish right there. Like, just don't do it. Worst quality crab. Best quality heart. <laughs> And we feel that about all of our guests. This <laughs> You're all the worst quality crabs. <laughs> it's true. With Thanks. the best quality hearts. Oh, we had to add that part. <laughs> <laughs> it's not true. All right. I think we're, we're good. Okay. Disco nap time. Key music. <laughs> Clap. Go Avery, go Avery, go! Go Avery, go Avery, go! Go! Woo!